let us join together in prayer. May we gather to listen to the wisdom of the Christ child as the people in the temple did that day long ago through the reading of your holy word. Illumine our hearts and minds by the spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. This is Luke chapter two, verses 41 through 52. Listen for the word of the Lord. Now every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they had started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they find him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. This is the word of the Lord. Well, it has been less than a week since we have celebrated the birth of Jesus. During Advent, we have watched and we have waited, we have anticipated, and finally we can say, he is here. We can celebrate that God loved God's creation so much that God became part of that creation. God became one of us humans. We're now in the midst of the Christmas season. Christmas continues until next Sunday, so we can keep on celebrating the gift of God's presence with us. When we reflect on the Christmas story, we see that God didn't come into the world to a position of power. Rather, God entered the world by taking on the vulnerability of a baby. Right from the beginning of the story of the incarnation, the place that God shows up and the form that God takes are unexpected. There's a certain sentimentality that we attach to the Christmas story. We hear it again and again, the story of the expected and yet unexpected baby Jesus. However, in the text that we read from Luke this morning, Jesus is no longer a baby. Jesus is a 12-year-old boy on the cusp of adulthood. From cradle to middle school in under a week brings a whole new meaning to they grow up so fast. 
Jesus had traveled with his parents to celebrate Passover as the law of Moses required them to do. This trip, I imagine, was a little different from the trips that a lot of us, I think, have taken over the Thanksgiving or the Christmas season. Mary and Joseph didn't load Jesus and his siblings into the SUV along with all of their stuff and set off in a relatively contained manner. They traveled on foot with a community of relatives and friends to celebrate in Jerusalem. And when the Passover had finished, they started the journey back home, the long walk to Nazareth, a journey that would take about five days. We've all heard the saying that it takes a village to raise a child. Well, in this journey, it was easy for Mary and Joseph to assume that Jesus was with their village. After all, that's where he was supposed to be. And the Jesus of our minds is always obedient, right? But a day into the journey, Mary and Joseph look for Jesus amongst the relatives, amongst the friends, and they can't find him. Already at the age of 12, we begin to see a glimpse of the Jesus who is very rarely who or where we expect Jesus to be. And if I'm honest, when I first read this passage, my first thought was, this is the youth minister's nightmare. To be a day into the journey home and to realize that you left a kid behind. I don't want to be in Knoxville and realize that one of my students is still in D.C. It's not a good thing. One of the first things that you learn in youth ministry is you can never head count enough. Always return with the same number of people that you left with. Count your students and make them feel like they count. In this day and age, we have the luxury of cell phones and vehicles. So if we're not sure where someone is, we can pick up the phone, give them a call, and it's not super long until we can get to where they are. But Mary and Joseph didn't have these things at their disposal. So they did all they could do. They turned around, walked a day back to Jerusalem, and started looking for Jesus. Because the 12-year-old Jesus wasn't where they expected him to be. And interestingly, this story in Luke's gospel is the only story that we have of Jesus as a boy. As a teenager, I can remember reading this story and wishing that Luke had said more. I wanted to know more about Jesus the God adolescent, what was he like? What was Jesus like as he lived through my experience, the experience of often being misunderstood as a teenager? And even now as an adult, I'm glad that Luke included this snapshot of the middle school Jesus. This story reminds us that Jesus wasn't just the baby in the manger who suddenly became the 30-year-old man The church calendar goes on a journey from Advent when we anticipate Jesus' birth to Christ the King when we look to Jesus' second coming every year. And in that pace of things, we can forget that Jesus lived a full life of human experience. Jesus lived through the stages of development with all of their awkwardness and joys. He lived through many days that we know nothing of. 
there was about 30 years between Jesus' birth and Jesus' public ministry. And this short one story in the Gospel of Luke, we are reminded that God doesn't just know what it means to be human, God knows what it is to be an adolescent human. So after three days of searching for Jesus the boy in the city of Jerusalem, and I'm sure three days of great anxiety and worrying, Mary and Joseph found Jesus with the teachers in the temple. Jesus was asking questions. Jesus was listening. Jesus was answering. Jesus was disrupting routine to listen, to learn, to participate, to discover more of his own identity and more of God's call in his life. Mary, in turn, disrupts what Jesus is doing in this scene. She asks, child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. And I would love to have been a fly on the wall to hear and to see this exchange between Jesus and Mary. If we could listen to this conversation, what would we hear in Mary's voice? What would we see in Mary's face? Fear? Anger? Relief? Desperation? Confusion? Can you put yourself in Mary's shoes? What might you have said? How might you have said it? Jesus' response kind of makes me laugh. Again, it just sounds to me like a classic 12-year-old response. Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I must be in my father's house? Jesus responds like his actions are no big deal and like it should have been obvious where he was. And again, I wish I could hear Jesus' tone. Was it a gentle rebuke? Gentle reassurance? Was it something else altogether? As much as I would love more details, I'm also thankful that Luke invites our imaginations into this story. Luke invites us as readers to make meaning out of this text together. Luke invites us not just to skim over the story, but to stop, to disrupt our plans, to wonder like Mary, and to ask questions like Jesus did in the temple that day. When Jesus said, I must be in my father's house, this phrase can also be translated, I must be about my father's interests. While we read in this text that Jesus did go back to Nazareth and he was obedient to Mary and Joseph, in this moment, Jesus asserts his identity and his calling as God's son. Jesus knows what it is to live in the tension of having multiple identities and multiple roles. Jesus must listen to Mary and Joseph, but Jesus must also listen to God, his parent. Jesus is the son of Mary and Joseph, but Jesus is also the son of God. Jesus disrupted religious pilgrimage to listen and look for what God was doing. Jesus disrupted religious pilgrimage to begin to discern what his own identity and calling might be 
as part of God's work in and for the world. And as church folk, it can be really easy for us to go on autopilot in our journeys of faith. We're so good at fulfilling what we feel is our duty. We go through pilgrimages of our own in a way. We baptize our children. We participate in confirmation. We recite the Apostles' Creed and the Ten Commandments each week. And don't misunderstand me, I think that these things are wonderful. These things, the sacraments and the liturgies, remind us of who we are collectively, and they draw us back again and again to the God who loves us, the one to whom we belong. These things remind us of God's grace, but in the midst of religious rhythm, are we willing to welcome and even create disruptions that call us deeper into God's heart and God's action in the world? Are we open to encountering God and God's grace in such a way that we are, we are moved to respond to God's grace? Can we, like Jesus the boy, leave the expectations of where we should be behind in order that we might enter the place that God is calling us to? For the 12-year-old Jesus, this meant engaging the teachers in the temple But as we see the story of scripture unfold, we discover that the presence and the work of God is not only in the temple. As Richard Rohr writes, the Christian vision is that the whole world is a temple. Everything becomes enchanting once we have full sight. One God, one world, one truth, one suffering and love. All we can do is participate. The world is a place where we can learn about who God is and who God is calling us to be. Are we willing to ask questions and perhaps find unexpected answers? At the end of today's text, Luke tells us that Mary and Joseph did not understand what Jesus said to them. Luke also tells us when Jesus went back to Nazareth with Mary and Joseph, Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. All three of them, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, had room to grow in understanding. And yet each of them participates in their own way in what God is doing in the world. Mary and Joseph did not expect Jesus to be in the temple, and yet there he was. And as we reflect on this last year and look towards 2019, Are we going to be people who are willing to welcome disruption, looking to the temple that is the whole world to see the unexpected places in which Jesus is calling us to join him? Are we willing to stay a while and remember who and whose we are? Are we willing like Mary to treasure even or perhaps especially the things we do not yet fully understand? Will we go on a journey with Jesus to grow in wisdom? As we continue to celebrate Christmas, the story of God entering the world as a baby, I pray that we will also remember and celebrate this story of Jesus the boy. Because this story, as Karen Chacoan writes, 
forces us to move with Jesus out of the cradle, out of the loving, sheltering arms of his parents into the world, a world that will be filled with sin and death and great need, with powerful people who oppose Jesus and with desperate people who turn to him for life. Like Mary, may we keep all these things in our hearts until we understand who he really is. And then we will know how great this gift truly is, a love that claims us and calls us to follow him out into the world, into demands and confrontations, out into the world, away from this safe and gentle place to the call that claims our own lives. May God continue to surprise us as we journey with God and with one another. Amen.